I wonder if um, we, we gave students an opportunity to see times in their life, like I'm, I'm trying to think of it in like a writing prompt kind of style because we want our kids writing more and I, I wanna find ways, and I know teachers wanna find ways to engage kids in writing that doesn't seem like write about your favorite pastime mm-hmm. or we're gonna read this text, respond to this text. But how do we engage students in writing when when I was speaking to the coaches, they were like, I hate writing. Like I, I know I'm a coach, but I kind of hate writing. And I was like, what? They're like, yeah, I just, it's not for me. And I was like, well, can you imagine if there are teachers out there who feel that way? And there may be mm-hmm. why they may be having some struggles with their students. You know, like they gave journals out on that Friday. Uh, PLI gave out journals. I was stoked. I was like, are you kidding me? They're giving me a free journal. And it was a nice little journal. I was, probably just to them, just door prizes. Yeah. But to me, I was like, this is exciting because I'm out on my other journal and I didn't want to buy another one. Now <laughs> I don't have to. Like, I was excited. I was like, oh, I know exactly what I'm going to write about. And so I, I, I want to know, like, for teachers and for students, when is the last time you've looked an idea at a time in your life where you had an idea and that idea stopped for whatever reason and then you didn't come back to it? What if you had the opportunity now to go back to that idea and see what you could do with it? Um, I just don't know what that would look like for for teachers and for teachers it would look different and then for students it would look different. So I'm thinking like, you know, a, a kid who asks a girl out on a date and he's like, man, I got this great, like a prom, a prom proposal. He's like, man, I have this really great thing. I want to bring salt and uh, I'm going to dress up as pepper and I'm going to be like, hey, you know, <laughs> so he shows up and it just falls flat. She's like, I hate peppers. I'm allergic to pepper. <laughs> and so this kid's like, <laughs> Jeez, hates pepper. Like now I'm out of I'm out. I'm done. Like this prom proposal's over. I'm not going to prom with this girl. Oh, that's so awesome. What could he have done if he could go back to that time and say, All right, so if I wasn't gonna be pepper or if I was gonna still be pepper, what could I have done after the fact? Like, you know, after when somebody says something and we come up with a great punchline after, that's kind of what I'm thinking of. Like, what are some ways that you can go back? Uh, and we can start off with movies, like for that for that never-ending story example. They could just say, like, you know, what would have happened if the guy came back as the kid is grabbing the book? He said, "Hey, no, don't grab that book. Like that's it. It's over. Like, but what could have happened? You know." So just keeping that creative t- that creativity flowing and allowing your brain to go places that it doesn't normally go to. Our brains don't normally go there. We have to we have to put it there, right? Yeah. When you're talking about like. Um... Uh, I guess it's, I guess it would be like narrative writing kind of, um, alternate endings. Uh, I I think kids would, would love that. Write the never ending story. Had the librarian said, Nope, you can't have that. And you know, or write, uh, your favorite book, movie, whatever. Um, but change the main, main thing. What if, and I don't even remember which one he took, but what if, uh, what's his name? Uh, from Bill and Ted, Keanu Reeves had taken the other pill, you know, in, in the matrix. Um, what happens? How does his life change or, you know, and so pick a a big, and you can roll in literary elements to it as far as, you know, pick a, a large 
conflict and write how it would have gone had it gone the other way. Um, I think that could be interesting. But when you're talking about writing, um, we did this for a couple of years where we focused on what we called disciplinary literacy, which was essentially writing across the curriculum. And um, myself and other ELA teachers and other people who were strong writers were the literacy coaches on campus. And we got pulled four or five times a year to go in and embed ourselves into other teachers' classes and help them write in their particular curriculum, whether it was just simply um, an exit ticket where they were writing uh, you know, short answer prompts or something along those lines. And, um, and it was the talking to teachers about what writing was. I mean, an algebraic equation is writing, yeah. you know, and, and, and more importantly, it's reading. Um, and so kind of talking about what that is and really defining what writing is and what reading is in every subject and how it can be helpful. I mean, one thing we talked about was in our construction and architecture classes and in, in like construction, if our students can't properly read that welding manual that they are using and can't properly understand and write out what it is that they are doing and what they're supposed to do, they're not going to be successful. And so, um, and when we made it sound like that, some teachers were like, oh, wow, yeah, my kids need to write. They need to read. They need to, you know, all of these very important things. And so sometimes it's just redefining what it is that we're, we're talking about to get those teachers who say, I don't like writing and those students who say, I don't like writing and I don't like reading and, and all of that kind of, um, kind of moving and, and getting them going. But I also think that it could all tie back into the learning model where reflection is to me. And every time somebody talks to me about the learning model, I always say reflection is the most important part. It yeah. is. It's my, I mean, all of it's important, but you have to be able to reflect. And when kids are reflecting with writing, like you said, keeping a journal, have students have start a blog um, and write about what it is that they're learning. They're going to learn what they're doing in that particular class better. And they're going to, um, you know, improve those writing skills and those literacy skills. And because it's important for them to be able to read and write in every single content they have, because that's just a, that's, that's how you learn. Um, and so uh, that's first, that's something that's kind of, you know, we have to kind of define it with people, then go back and say, okay, this is how we can teach it and how it can fit into everything. Yeah. No, I 100% agree. And when you say for those kids who are like, you won't be successful if, you know, this. And for those, what's even worse is, yes, you're not going to be successful, but what's going to be worse is that you're going to last. Like, you could be a well and you'll last, but that's all you'll be. And you won't be anything else. Like, you won't be the greatest welder. You'll be the one who comes up with the innovative ways to change how welding is done because you're not allowing your brain to go there. You're not allowing the struggle to exist. You know, and so I, I tell a lot of my math kids and science kids, I say, look, if anything, writing is going to make you stand out in a crowd of people who can do equations, who know formulas, who can dissect a pig. But what you can bring to that with a kind of uh, background, a, a literary experience, is you set yourself apart so that wherever you go, they're not just looking for the one person on paper that can do it. They're looking for the person who knows how to 
to find different ways at a, at a problem, at different ways of moving forward because our world and how fast it changes, you kind of have to. I mean, you have to be able to think of what we talk about now in one month could become irrelevant. I mean, it really could. Yeah. I mean, Absolutely. Like I said, I spent I spent a day about five months ago making four or five different video presentations so that I could have them for reference and be able to refer teachers to it. Hey, if you want to learn about this, here's a quick, you know, eight minute video where you can learn about it. Um, that was five months ago. Most of those videos are, are outdated. They all need to be updated already. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, that it's everything is changing so quickly that like you said the more uh, skills you have in those areas the better off you're going to be the more you're going to set yourself apart from everyone else and and uh you have higher potential yeah absolutely and it's, it's it is a big topic writing across the curriculum right now i mean we we know that if we only leave it up to the english teachers we're not going to see any significant growth yeah. um but I understand how some teachers get upset about that because they're like, well, I'm a math teacher. Is an English teacher going to add in math in their classroom? And the science teacher is like, are they going to add science into their classroom? So I can understand where they get a little hesitant because for me as an English teacher, I would be pretty hard pressed to find ways other than them writing about their experience in that subject to incorporate math or science into my classroom. Yeah. Well, and that's the the problem is is you know, reading and writing isn't a subject. It's, it's life, you know? Um, and that's the hardest thing I told that I've, I've heard that pushback before of when are we going to do this for math or when are we going to do this for all the rest? And, um, but it's hard to explain to everyone that English teachers aren't teaching kids how to write and how to read. They're teaching them how to refine those, um, ideas and and how to do those. The same with world language teachers aren't teaching them how to read and how to write. It's it's no different. Spanish yeah. class is not that much different than English class. Um, it, you're you're learning the words. You're learning what they mean. You're learning how to apply them to different things. And you're learning how to um, take those ideas and and put them into words. And and you're learning the history of the writing and the, and, and the things that have gone on and you're learning how to apply all of those things. Um, and so, yes, it is hard, but you're right. If we leave it just up to the English teachers, if students only write in English, those students who don't want to read, who don't want to write are not going to get it because all they're going to do is be miserable in their English classes. And so we've got to be able to do it in more classes across the curriculum so that they can see what good writing is. Because you said in the beginning, not every teacher was the teacher that kept you going and, and really inspired you. And so for some kids, maybe their English teacher isn't that teacher, but uh, their math teacher might be. And so their math teacher is teaching them how to write in math, but also that student says, you know what, writing isn't so bad. I enjoy doing it in math. Why can't I enjoy doing it somewhere else? And so it's really just seeing that good example allows that. And the more examples students see, the more chances they're going to see a good one and, and be able to learn from it. 
I think that's a really good point. And it almost, I think, is one that I would want to know if coaches, like actual like sports athletic coaches, could incorporate because they are they have so many they have so much more room for influence with our students, especially our students who are already on edge and already angry. Mm-hmm. Football coaches, basketball coaches, baseball coaches, um, they have such a strong influence on our students. I wonder if if they could incorporate that. Like I know it's, I'm not saying you run five miles and then write about the experience because after five miles, no, I mean, this is not gonna happen, but how can they incorporate that for those teachers who, I all my English teachers just happened to be good. I got lucky there, um, but it was only actually one English teacher that made it a point that I stayed in school because I dropped out of school, and it was that one English teacher who said, "Hey, you're being an idiot. Let's talk about it." And I was like, "What?" So you're right. If I if it's not me, if it's not Mark Hollisso, and I'm not that teacher for a student, but they can go to John Breeze, and John Breeze is like, "Hey, look." Um, this is what I think you should do. And they're like, okay, I'm going to try it because John believes in me and I believe in John. So I'm going to try it. Um, and that says a lot, I believe. Um, Yeah, it it really, it really, really does. And because there are time, there are those kids that do great in your classroom and truly struggle in mine. I, I wasn't able to build the relationship despite all my attempts with that student, like you could. And they're going to learn much more from you than they will from me. And they, you know, the more practice they get with all literacy ideas in all of their classes, the, the better off they'll be. Because most kids, if not all kids, have at least one example of that teacher. And even if it's not that teacher, even if it's not a teacher they have this year, it's an adult in the building. I mean, it's, it's an administrator, it's a, a campus security monitor, it's, you know, someone that they can go to and they can talk to. And if we're all on the same page of this is helping students, this is helping them grow, um, then it'll be better for them. Yeah. That's 